Hi, and welcome to Com Church Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk you're about to hear. Good morning. It's uh, really great to be here this morning and uh, looking forward to sharing with you. As Rob said, my name's uh, Carl, come from... Uh, I'm currently based in, in Letchworth, lead a pleasure of leading a great church there, um, Letchworth Garden City Church. Been there just about two and a half years. Um, one of the joys of growing up was I was a, the, a child of a pastor, and so we regularly moved around different locations, um, but find myself in this season um, planted in, in Letchworth, and it's just a, a real joy to, to be there, but a real joy to be with you um, this morning. Um, as well. And like Rob said, known him a, a good few years now and uh, just a real pleasure to continue friendship with him and Sarah and got to meet Sarah this morning and for the first time met Julian on a, num- Julian on a number of occasions at different things that we, we get to hang out together. Um, but um, are you ready to hear God's word this morning? You know, I've been really encouraged by the um, the series that you guys are looking at, Power Lines, and um, I've had just kind of been able to listen from afar um, into some of the, the subjects that you've been looking at and just been encouraged by some of the things that I've, I've listened to. But um, I hope in just the short, term, I, short time I've got, I can be an encouragement to you. And so if you've got your Bibles, um, please um, open them, turn them on, however you um, best follow and engage, um, to John 15. And I want to just um, read... Um, some things to you. I, I'm not going to have time um, to really read all of John 15, but I want to encourage you in your own time and your own devotion, just spend some time really t- sort of reading through John chapter 15, because there are inc- incredible words and truths that Jesus speaks that are applicable to any season um, that we find in our lives. But what we find is on, on seven different occasions um, throughout the gospel, in fact, particularly in the gospel of John, Um, Jesus begins a statement with the words, I am. If you're not familiar with the the I am statements, just read through John's gospel. Take you a couple of hours and you'll be able to see these statements that Jesus speaks. And what he does is the pattern he follows is he says, I am, and he follows it up with a characteristic of himself. And uh, we, we see things like he says, I am the bread of life. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world, John 8. And I want to just focus on an I am statement that Jesus um, speaks here in John chapter 15. Um, the, and I want to particularly focus in verse 5 just for now. I'm going to skip around a little bit in John 15. But just look at John 15 verse 5 for now. And he says these words to his disciples that are around him. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's a fairly dramatic statement, isn't it? <laughs> Apart from me, you can do nothing. Like, like you know, Jesus on, on, on his occasions when he makes statements like this, like this they are, they're incredibly dramatic. I mean, they, they draw attention. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've ever been in a room with somebody and they've suddenly announced that they are the light of the world or that they're the vine. They, you know, they draw attention to themselves, don't they, those people, when they make statements. Jesus is drawing attention to himself by making these statements. They are bold, dramatic statements that Jesus speaks. If you stay with me and I in you, you're going to bear fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Each of the statements that Jesus makes, the, 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 I, the, the I am statements, each of them on their own are, are powerful and, and dramatic. But the, 
the context in which Jesus speaks them, the wider story, if you like, is, is what really places these statements at another standard. They, when you begin to look at the scenario, the context in which Jesus says these words, they go to a different level. And, and so I want to just backtrack a little bit, if I can. And in John chapter 13, um, what we see, the context of the, the story that's developing, is that Jesus has prepared a meal. It's the Passover meal that we know. And it's the Last Supper, the last time that he's going to gather with his disciples, those who have committed to following him. And so Jesus has prepared this meal. He is more than aware that this is the Last Supper. I imagine the disciples, despite the fact that Jesus has prepared them and warned them that he's going to go and that this will be one of the final times that they're with him. I think they're pretty clueless that this is the Last Supper. This is is the last time they're going to get to enjoy hanging out with Jesus like this. But Jesus is fully aware. And so there are some things that he wants to say to them before he is arrested, crucified, and indeed rises again and ascends into heaven. That's John chapter 13. Fast forward a few chapters to John chapter 18, and the the supper has come to an end, the meal has concluded, and Jesus goes out to the famous garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's in this garden where a number of things take place, but, but in those moments, Jesus is arrested, and then he's sentenced to be crucified. And what we have between John chapter 13 And John chapter 18 is a dinner, a table conversation. It is Jesus gathered around a table with his followers, with his disciples. And it's a dinner conversation that that we see that it's in these moments that Jesus speaks and he says that I am the vine and you are the branches. This is the context of John chapter 15. Now let me me ask you this morning, if, um, if I was to prepare a dinner table, and, you know, put on a, a nice spread. And I was to invite your nearest and dearest, those who love you, that you're familiar with, that support you, that you would cling to and hold to. They would be your, you know, the people that you love and that know you. And if I was to invite them around the dinner table and I was to explain to you that this is the last time that you're going to spend time with them. This is the last moment that you're going to have with those that you love and that you care about. I would like to think that you're going to think about that conversation, aren't you? Yeah, you're going to spend some time thinking about what am I going to share with them? What do I want to say? How do I, maybe you're going to share about how you feel about them personally, one by one. Maybe to the younger generation, those who are coming up behind you, you want to pass on some life wisdom, some lessons that you've learned. Anybody with me? You're going to think about that conversation, aren't you? You're going to spend some time thinking, what do I want to say to these people who I love? And it's again in this context that Jesus speaks and he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And the question that we wrestle with at this stage is, why is being connected to the vine so important? Why is being connected to the vine so important? Jesus says that being spiritually connected is like being attached to a vine that you're not going to have any fruitfulness, you're not going to have any level of productivity in your life if you are disconnected from the vine, if you're out there on your own, if you are not connected. And he's saying here to these onlookers, to, to the disciples, to his followers, he's saying you have got to stay connected. You know, I often joke with my wife because I, I'm just not into gardening. Anybody else? I'm just... I'm not into that. 
And you know, I, I know very little about it. I can barely cut the grass. Um, we unfortunately live on a, on a corner plot that has grass all the way around it. And it's just a nightmare. And, and, and so I just, I kind of avoid it like the plague. And, um, but I, I know enough to know that when a, when a branch falls from a tree, there is only one thing happening to that branch. It's going to die, right? Like there is, it's lifeless. And we, we know that that branch, as soon as it drops from the tree, it, it's going to wither and it's going to die. There is nothing to that branch now. And Jesus ultimately is saying that it's the same for you and I. That when we, when we somehow dislodge, when we somehow disconnect from the vine, Jesus is saying that we're cutting off support. We don't have the, the support that we need, that we will start. The terminology of the branch is that it will wither, that we will wither and die. But we'll also not have that fruit and that productivity, productivity in our lives if we are not spiritually connected. Let me just um, draw your attention to something, if I can. And back in John chapter 15, in, in verse 1, Jesus creates a distinction he doesn't just say, he says in verse 5, I am the, I am the vine. But in, in verse 1 of chapter 15, he says something slightly different. He says, I am the true vine. Jesus here is, is creating a clear distinction. He's saying, if, if he's the true vine, then that would lead me to understand that there is a false vine. Anybody with me? So if Jesus is making a point, and Jesus doesn't just say anything for saying anything's sake, there is always meaning, and, and there is something else in what he's saying. And he's saying here, I am the true vine, which leads me to understand there must be a false vine. Let me try and explain it in this way if I can. I found this um, branch on my fact I stopped the car at a halt this morning on the way here to pick up a branch, because I wanted to show you something that if I got this branch and I put this branch into this bottle of water, is it going to grow any fruit? Come on, a bit more conviction in that. Is it going to grow any fruit? It's not, is it? I can put this branch in, you know, this water is great. It's filtered water. It's pure life water. You know, it's good water. It's got good nutrients in it. It's going to help. It doesn't matter whether I put this branch in here for a few hours, a few days, a few weeks, a few months. It's not going to grow any fruit, is it? But you see, this is the thing, and I believe that Jesus is saying to us, is that we attach ourselves to false vines in the hope that we're going to bear fruit. Let me, let me try and explain what some of those false vines might be. If only I can get that job promotion, then I'm going to bear the fruit I need to be, bear. Do you know, if I can just find that right life partner, then I'm going to bear the fruit that I need to bear. If only I can get this, if only I can discover that, then I'm going to bear the fruit that I think I need to bear in my life. Does this make sense to anybody? And what happens is we, we attach ourselves to false vines all the time. Somehow thinking, well, if I can just attain a little more, if I can just receive a little more, then I'm going to discover the fruit and the goodness that I want to evolve itself in my life. And it becomes all the time. And what happens is, and I've seen it, and I'm sure many of you have seen it many times, is that we attach ourselves to false vines, believing we're going to see fruit. We don't see the fruit. And so we detach ourselves from that false vine and we attach ourselves to another false vine. And we move all the time from false vine to false vine to false vine, thinking somehow that we're going to see the fruit in our lives that we want to see. 
And Jesus is like, not so much. That's not how this is going to work. That if you want to see fruit in your life, you don't move from false vine to false vine, but you need to stay connected to me, to the true vine. And Jesus is here and he's with his disciples enjoying the Last Supper. And he's saying to them, what we need to do is stay connected to this true vine because in order, in, by doing so, you will bear much fruit. That actually when you attach yourself to the vine, you will be full of the goodness of God, full of the Holy Spirit. Know what it is to live in step with the will of your Father through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. You want to bear, you want to grow and bear fruit in your life. You've got to stay connected to the vine. Why? Because staying connected to the vine produces fruit. Staying connected to the vine produces fruit in your life. We see it right there in verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. What kind of, what kind of fruit does the vine produce? Well, this morning we're not just talking about any kind of fruit fruit that you eat or any other kind of fruit. We're talking about fruit that lasts. Anybody want fruit that lasts in their lives? And Jesus here, he's talking about fruit that lasts. And to help us dive into that a little bit more, we need to go into the, the writings of Paul. And Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, he gives us a, a greater glimpse, if you like, into the fruit that Jesus speaks of. If you've got your Bibles, you can follow along. Galatians 5, and verse 22 to verse 23. Paul says these words. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. I imagine as I read that list there of fruits of the Spirit, there is not one of us in this room who's nodding along thinking, nailed it. Like, I have that sorted in my life. Do you know what? Do you know, I'm just going to leave right now because I'm so encouraged because I've just got these fruits of the Spirit so sorted in my life. You know, patience. I am the most patient person in the world. Safe control. I've got that down. I'm so, you know, not one of us. Not one of us will be here thinking, I've got that nailed it. Nailed it. Got it sorted. But I imagine every single one of us are nodding as we look at that list thinking, I could do with a little bit of that. Anybody with me this morning? I could do with a little bit more self-control in my life. Forbearance. I need more forbearance. Kindness. I want to display more kindness in my life. Every single one of us, we nod. Why do we nod? Because we recognize that these are the fruits that we want to display. Amen. That these are the kind of fruits when someone looks at our lives and sums up the words of our lives, we want them to look and say, that was a kind person. Someone who knew patience and self-control and love and joy. And this is the kind of fruit that Jesus says that we will bear when and indeed if we stay connected to the vine. And I want to suggest to you this morning that living life in the Spirit means staying connected to the vine. As a plant grows by the nutrients and the goodness that the vine provides, the same is true for you and I. That through our acceptance of Jesus the vine, we receive the Holy Spirit who comes into our lives and like a chain reaction, just by the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will begin to grow. You will begin to bear fruit. 
Why? Because the Holy Spirit is all about growing. God is all about growing your life. He's all about growing his church and leading you into maturity. Amen? So when the Holy Spirit lives within us, we will produce fruit. And I believe that that was just as I was praying for you and preparing for this morning, that that was the takeaway that I really wanted you to have this morning was that when we stay connected to the vine, if we want to live life in the Spirit and bear fruit, we have to stay connected to the vine if we want to see that fruit. However, the, the opposite is also true. Being disconnected from the vine produces something as well. Remember, Jesus said that apart from me, you can do nothing. In fact, more than that, if you look at verse 6 of John 15, Jesus says these words. He says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. For, for those of you who have um, kids and they're anything like mine, they love these things. They, you know, I can buy them all the toys in the world but give them a branch and they're occupied for hours. Anybody else got kids like this? And it's the bigger the better, right? You know, we, we go away on day trips together and I come back with a boot full of these things. And they love to pick them up, kick them. They, they love to play with them. They love to whack each other with them. You know, all the things that kids love to do. And, 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 and they just enjoy, and to be honest, I enjoy them because they go well in the fire pit, right? And so I get some good fun out of them. And Jesus is saying, hey, if, if you don't remain in me, if you don't stay connected to the vine, you end up a little bit like this branch. You end up being kicked around a little bit, moved from place to place that just like a branch lies on the floor and as you walk along the street, you kick the branch and you begin to play with it and you begin to use it for many other things, but not the purpose that it was supposed to be used for and designed for. And Jesus is saying, when we don't connect ourselves and stay connected to the vine, we end up like these branches. And the problem with branches like this is they can so easily break. And we find ourselves in situations where we feel so broken and we're looking at the situation and thinking, how do I solve the situation? But the way you solve the situation is to reconnect yourself to the vine. And the problem is... We find ourselves in places and spaces long ago where we disconnected ourselves and now we're looking at where we are thinking, how did I ever get there? And I want to suggest it's because some time ago you disconnected from a vine and now you're like a branch that's broken and it's been kicked around and it's been taken from place to place, place that you never ever thought you would be. And some of you today, you're looking around at life and thinking, hey, how did I end up here. And I want to suggest that perhaps it's because you've disconnected from the vine. It's not a good way to be. It's not a good day to be a branch. When we are not connected, we produce nothing. And what can happen when we disconnect is we become, in fact, I want to just take a step back that, you know, Jesus says that apart from me, you can do nothing and we get that, but I actually want to suggest to you this morning that when we disconnect ourselves from the vine, you will still produce fruit. It's just not the kind of fruit you want to produce. 
In fact, the fruit that we begin to produce sounds a little bit like this. Bitterness. Judgmentalism. We, we begin walking through life, looking behind us at other people, seeing how we run this comparison race. And the problem with a comparison race is you end up trying to run somebody else's race and not your own. Jesus has called you to fix your eyes and to run your race. And none of us want to bear fruit of bitterness. Hey, look around as we see too much of that already. Too much goes on in our places and spaces around our world. But actually we come at it, when we connect to the vine, we come at it with love and joy and peace. And people are like, hey, what's that? And we begin to tell them we're connected to a vine. And the goodness and the nutrients of that vine is that the Holy Spirit of God lives within me. And I begin to bear fruit of love and joy. Why? Because I'm connected to a vine. How do we stay connected? Well, there are many different ways to stay connected. You don't need me to tell you those ways of how you can spend time with Jesus, but reading your Bible, spending time in prayer, adoring creation, thanking God every day that you get to do something that perhaps you love to do. There are many different ways to stay connected to the vine. And you see, my struggle And I want to suggest perhaps your struggle too is not how do we stay connected to the vine. It's that often we lack the motivation to stay connected to the vine. You see, I can say to you today, do you know you need to go and spend more time with Jesus? And every single one of us is like, yeah, no, Carl, you're right. I do. And I can inspire you to go and spend more time with Jesus. But tomorrow morning, when nobody is there inspiring you, do you have the motivation and the desire within yourself that says, I'm going to spend time with Jesus? And I think often the gap that we experience is in those moments where we lack the desire and the motivation. Look at John 10 with me if you can. Sorry, John 15, I apologize, verse 10. And and Jesus says in verse 10, he says, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Friends, we have to do what Jesus says. Jesus there, we get a glimpse. I'm going to play a video in just a short moment if the guys have got it ready. Because Jesus, we know, he, he listened to the Father. He did what the Father instructed him to do. And he's saying to you and I today, and what we read here, he's saying, hey, you've got to follow my commands. If you want to remain in me, you've got to do what I say. I was trying to think of the best way to illustrate this to you this morning. And I A few years ago, I came across a video by a guy called Francis Chan. He's a famous speaker and author. He gave this illustration that I thought would just really help you this morning. Look, when when my daughter comes to me and I say, hey, go go clean your room, she knows better. She's not going to come back a couple hours later and say, hey, Dad, I memorized what you said to me. You said, go clean your room. You know, what am I going to say? Oh, good job. That's what I wanted. No. And she's not going to come to me and say, Dad, I can say, go clean your room in Greek. Listen, that's not going to fly. And what if she says, you know what? My friends and I, we're going to gather together and every week we're going to have a study and we're going to figure out what it would look like if I cleaned my room. No, none of that's going to fly. Just go and clean it. She knows that. So why do we think that this type of this type of talk is going to work with Jesus? I mean, Jesus was as black and white as you get. He would look at people and he'd say, why do you call me Lord, 
when you don't do what I say. He says that in Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord when you don't do what I ask you to do? And why would you call someone your master and then not listen to him? And, and he says in Matthew 7, 21, he goes, listen, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's only the one who actually does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Friends, we, we have to do what Jesus says. And I believe that perhaps some of you, the word of God to you today is go and clean your room. That there are some things that God has told you to go and do, but you've not done them. And you've talked about them, you've held on to them, you've told others about them, but you've not stepped out in faith and began to do what Jesus asked you to do. We've got to do what Jesus asks us to do. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love. Third and final thing that I want to just say to you this morning is that when we're connected to the vine, you begin to love like Jesus loves. Look at verse 12 of John 15. It says, Miss, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. You see, here's the thing. When Jesus says, as I have loved you, he raises the standard. He, he, he could have just said, go and love, right? Go and love. The, the, the problem with if he just said, go and love, it becomes about how you and I interpret love. How do I feel about love? Do, do, you, do you deserve my love? And it becomes really subjective to us and to ourselves. And actually what love becomes is really about us. But Jesus doesn't say, just go and love. He says, love as I have loved you. The disciples um, on many different occasions caused Jesus problems. Many of the movies and the storylines that we see of Jesus, we see him depicted with long hair. I imagine he tore that hair out many occasions with the disciples. And there's a, a familiar argument that the disciples are having, and it's an argument that sounds a little bit like who will be the greatest among them. Jesus has heard this argument, he's familiar with it, and he's like, man, I've got to put this argument to bed now. And so Jesus begins to speak to them, and he says, do you know who is the greatest among you? It's the one who serves. The, the one who's the greatest among you is the one who serves. And in fact, maybe I could even say this morning that it's the one who loves. The, the one who reaches out and serves others and loves others, he's the one, they're the ones that are going to be the greatest among them. And Jesus here in John 15, in the context of this story, he backs it up. Now, Jesus is a genius at doing this. He doesn't just say something and leave it there. There are many occasions when you see Jesus says something and then he demonstrates it, right? He backs it up. And here in John chapter 15, he, he backs up what he says to his disciples. Because in the context of this meal, this dinner conversation that he's having with them, in the background of the words that he's just spoken about, the greatest among you is the one who serves, Jesus. He gets with his disciples, and he, the meal begins to be prepared. What does he do? He goes and he gets a bowl of water. And he pulls out this bowl of water and a towel, and he begins to wash the feet of his disciples. He begins to serve them. Imagine the moment. Their feet are filthy from the dust. Filth coming. This would have been a horrible thing to do. 
But Jesus recognized the moment when he was there to show them the greatest among you is the one who serves. And Jesus begins to demonstrate love. And it's in this moment, as he's washing their feet, that Jesus makes this dramatic statement. And he says to them, guys and girls, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. This is what it looks like to be connected to me. This is what it looks like to live life in obedience and in step with the Spirit of God, to be people of the Spirit. And it doesn't matter where you are Monday to Friday. It doesn't matter where God has placed you. You are people of the Spirit that He has called you to go and to serve and to love everyone and anyone that God has placed around your life. Can I get an amen to that? That that is what God has called us to do. That we display the fruit of the Spirit in every arena of our lives, that we display those things as we walk step by step in step with him. And in John 15, verse 13, I'll finish with this. Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus raised the standard. And here's the reason he did that. You see, Jesus could have just given us a list of how to love. A, B, C. And it would have been great. We could have done that list, you know, tick, 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 done. We've loved. And that would have been easy, but Jesus didn't do that. He said, love as I have loved. Why did he say that? And here's the conclusion I come to. I think he said it because we are incapable of doing it. We are incapable of loving like Jesus loved of demonstrating the love that Jesus demonstrated. We're incapable of showing and demonstrating that love unless we're connected to the vine. Unless we connect ourselves to the vine. Because it's only when we connect ourselves to the vine that we're able to have the strength and know the grace of God and and the boldness and the courage of God within us to demonstrate that same love to everyone else. When we begin to love as Jesus loved, it drives us back to the vine. I want to ask you this morning, what fruit do you have growing in and around your life right now? How connected to the vine are you? What evidence is there? As we read Galatians 5 and we display those fruits, do you see love? Do you see joy, peace, patience? As Jesus said, when we remain in him, we bear much fruit. And you see, as we do that, As we do that and we show love to each other, what happens is God in all of his goodness is he takes our loneliness and he brings comfort. You see, God, even more than that, he takes your desires and my desires and they become his desires over your life. As we love each other, fully connected to the vine, living life in the spirit, we find ourselves one day in the middle of a miracle that God is working. God's doing something in us, church. And he's producing fruit in you. I wonder right now, would you just close your eyes for me? I often say to our folks in Letchworth that, you know, closing our eyes is not a deep spiritual thing. It's just a privacy moment. God can meet you as much with your eyes open as if they're closed. But I wonder right now, would you just close your eyes for me if maybe the band wanted to come? And I want to give you just an opportunity to respond right now to Jesus.
I don't know anybody really here this morning. I don't know your life or the story of your life. I don't know the context of where you are right now. But I sense in my spirit that there's some brokenness right here in this room. There's some disconnection. I don't know whether it's you've, you're in a season that you've disconnected yourself or whether you've never really been connected in the first place. But I believe that Jesus is saying to you today and to me, saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. There's an opportunity today for connection. In just a few moments, I'm going to give you a chance to respond to that. But for those perhaps who are connected, what does fruit look like for you right now? Are you displaying the fruit of the Spirit? Do you seek to be people of the Spirit, living life in the Spirit of God? What does that fruit look like? Why don't you begin to just respond to Jesus right now and say, Jesus, just be honest with him. Just be honest with him right now. you're really honest, Jesus has not been the center. Many other things have been, but Jesus hasn't. I want to encourage you, if you're able, would you stand with me? Let's just change our position slightly. If you're comfortable doing this, would you just lift your hands before the Lord? I just really sense that God wants us to respond to him right now. Just create space for the vine to come and to pour goodness into your life. If you're a Bible-believing Christian, follower of Jesus, filled with the Spirit of God, why don't you just begin to talk to him right now? If you want to speak in tongues and you're familiar with that language, you have the gift of tongues, just begin to speak in that language. If you don't speak in tongues but you desire that gift, just begin to ask the Holy Spirit. He's a giver of good gifts. Come Holy Spirit right now. I believe you're going to move people in this moment right now from disconnection to connection. From disconnection to connection. See, we sang it in the second song. Josh led it so brilliantly. And he said, you made a way. We don't know why. We don't know how, but you made a way. He made a way from you to move from disconnection to connection. He made a way then. He'll make a way now and he'll make a way in the future. Why? Because that's how good he is. It's how good he is. That's how kind he is. But it requires you to step out in faith and say, okay, God, I don't have all this figured out. I don't know what all this is going to look like. But right now in this moment, I trust you. I trust you right now. So I'm going to move from disconnection to connection. I'm going to move from disconnection to connection. I'm going to move from brokenness to wholeness. I'm going to move. I'm going to move by faith. And so I I want to just now, as I finish, I want to just speak to those who you're, you're either disconnected or you've never been connected. 
You see, Jesus came in order that you would receive a product. And the product is reconciliation. That's what the product is. It's reconciliation. Jesus came that you would know reconciliation with the Father. And when we connect with Him, when we connect with Him, it's that moment when all of our shame, all of our pain, all those things are stripped away. Not because of anything you've done, but because of everything He did on a cross. And He gives you an opportunity today to connect with Him, whether it be for the first time or maybe even for the 20th time. I don't know. I remember many moments in my life when I connected and reconnected to Jesus. But if that's you this morning and you recognize a connection and a reconnection needs to take place, would you just lift your hands for me and just say, Carl, that's me. I need to know a connection and a reconnection. I can see a couple of people right now with their hands up. Keep your hands up for me. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Perhaps you could make yourself known to some of the team at the end because I'm sure they would love to talk with you and pray with you as well. But God, right now, I pray for those who are connecting and reconnecting, whether it be for the first time or the hundredth time. God, I pray by your power of your Holy Spirit that you would come right now, that you would fill them with your Spirit. I thank you, Jesus, that you came for them, that may, though I don't know them by name, but you do. You know them by name. And right now, you're connecting with them. And so, God, I pray that they would know the love of Jesus in their hearts. The Lord, whatever their brokenness is right now, whatever their pain is, whatever their season is, I thank you, God, that you are bigger than their brokenness, that you are bigger than their pain. God, I thank you that because I have a big God, my problems are small. When my problems are big, I have a small God. But God, you are bigger than my situation. You are bigger than my problem. And I give you my brokenness and I give you my disconnection right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And God, I pray for this incredible church, for Con Church, for Julian, for Sarah, for Rob, Sarah, for Helena, the, the leaders here. I thank you for this church. And I pray, Lord, that this church and these people would bear fruit in Jesus' name. Fruit that lasts. Fruit that impacts Dunstable and the regions around it. God, we want to make an impact, not just on this location, but on the nation and the nations. But we recognize it starts with me. It starts with you bearing fruit in my, my life. So God, may we be people of the Spirit who walk in tune and in step with your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to get in touch, visit our website at www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.